Hey everyone, welcome back to the Riding Dad Podcast. I am your handsome, charismatic host, Alex Jenkins. I know it's been a few weeks, but I've been busy with event season and I am drained. But I'm not drained enough to finish the previous chapter of our Assassin's book story that we've been put together. I appreciate you guys coming back and tuning in. And look, this week there's not much intro because this is going to be a longer episode, but I'm excited to share it with you all. If you remember, we left Officer May last time. She'd received a call for a murder in a quiet little neighborhood. She was a little bugged because of the goody two-shoes officer who normally takes these calls wasn't answering, so she decided to go take a look herself. This time, we finish up that chapter. Again, it's a long one. And take a look at the details of the scene as it unfolds. We also learn a little bit more about May and what motivates her after all these years of intense and stressful police work. So let's get it. May turned off her own sirens and heard the faint sound of the ambulance as she rounded the block. As the scene played itself out, it appeared to be nothing out of the ordinary. A crowd of people, someone crying, people pointing, and the paramedics dealing with the body that was inside the parked car. People lined up along the street, staring solemnly from behind fences and oak trees. Too bad, she thought. It's funner to arrive when people are still panicking. She thought about that comment for a moment. To think chaos was better than order was new to her. Had May become that calloused by the years of inhumane experiences she'd witnessed? Was she just bored? Making a game of things? Sure, she had the typical Hollywood-style murder stories and psycho killers. Maybe that had desensitized her to a fault. As she pulled onto the scene, the first thing she noticed was a woman in her late 30s talking to one of the paramedics. There was nothing weird about that. May got out of her car, examined the scene. The other two paramedics were at the car, which had the victim still inside. As she approached, May saw the man was slumped to his right. Awkward. Kind of normal. Looked almost like someone had fallen asleep on a road trip while someone else was driving. The blood, on the other hand, wasn't normal. And the hole in his head? Definitely not something you'd see on a road trip. Sir, I need you to back away. Please back away. The man was apparently already riled up and ready to argue because he replied quickly. All due respect, officer. You are all on my property. Mine. I own it. I will remain where I am. He changed his stance, bending his knees a little, but continuing to spray. May ignored the interaction and moved across the front of the car. Windshield shattered, but not completely broken. One entry point coming down into the car, hitting the man's face at an angle. One extra hole, clean entry, nothing to write home about. Except, she thought, this was expert work. One hole, one hit, one man dead. She's seen drive-bys, and this wasn't it. Nobody would be able to make that shot count while moving. Even if they were standing in front of his car, the angle and entry point would be more toward the front of the windshield instead of the top. She kept moving around the car to the passenger side of the door. She halfway got into the car, upsetting the forensics team in the process. Eh, she was barely touching anything anyway. From her current point, she could see the exit wound, or cavern, that used to be the back of his head. She looked around, examining everything in the car, bloodstains, parts of his skull, the way he leaned, even how he was holding his cell phone. Ah, the cell phone. The first lead, right there. She had worked on a case years before where the individual was on the phone with the person who murdered him. 
Even before he had said goodbye, he was already dead. She'd start with the cell phone, move on from there. She bagged the device and got slowly out of the car. As she stood, she took the time to take in the scene around the car. There weren't too many people in this part of the neighborhood. Most had already gone to work. All that were left were retirees, stay-at-home moms, and kids who hadn't made it to school yet. Her eyes landed on the woman speaking with the paramedic before. She walked intently, listening as she got closer. My daughter is inside. I don't want her to see him like this, but like I told you, we didn't see anything happen. I only heard the car blaring its horn for several minutes before I walked out and, well, saw this. The wife. May approached and kept listening as the lady spoke. She rubbed her hands like she was almost embarrassed, but didn't sound... Well, she didn't sound sad. May tapped the paramedic on the shoulder, and he graciously stepped back. Ma'am, Officer Markham, I am terribly sorry for everything your family is going through, but I'm hoping that you can share your story again one last time with me. Sorry to make you relive this whole thing. No, it's okay, I can handle it. Just as long as you guys don't need to talk to my daughter. The woman, Kendra, ran through her morning with her husband before he was shot. She was very matter-of-fact, her voice flat and unmoved. May thought it was weird that she was so unaffected by her husband's gruesome murder. He's on the phone most of the morning with one of his clients. He was angry and concerned about some bad transaction that he didn't authorize. He was always open about what he did to a fault. He bragged about how much money he dealt with on a daily basis and how much he made. May shifted her stance a bit, preparing to ask the awkward question, but it seemed Kendra read her mind. Before you ask about why I'm not more upset about this, just let me say our relationship started rocky and it ended in quicksand. We were never happy. We only married because our parents forced it to happen. We planned to divorce shortly after the baby was born. He had shifted his money into my account already to help me until I was able to remarry, which I planned to. My daughter still saw him as her dad, unfortunately. That will take time, but one day she'll understand. She will love her new father, though. The man is caring and loves me more than any one person can love someone. May found it weird how open this woman was with her. She already had another man lined up? What a unique life the rich lead. May put her pen and paper back in her pocket. I appreciate you being so candid with me, Kendra. I really do hope you and your daughter are able to move on from this, especially her. May looked up into the window and saw the daughter briefly before she closed the blinds. May put her hand on the woman's shoulder. Thank you. I will be in touch. May walked back over to her car, got in, and shut the door. She sat there, realizing she had just gone over a crime scene and interviewed someone, just like the old days, the days when she cared. The whole process wasn't cumbersome to her. In fact, she enjoyed it. It made her feel useful again. Nothing about the interaction felt forced or tiresome. She was excited to work on the case. Already, clues began to form in her mind. May drove the car around the corner, away from the crime scene, pulled out her notebook, and started working on the case. Well, my friends, there you have it. We have wrapped up the latest chapter of our Assassin Chronicles. I still don't have a name for it yet. I'm kind of writing this as we go along. But thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you want to support me and the podcast, just share it, like it, and leave some reviews on wherever you listen to your podcasts. I can't wait to dive into the next chapter of this. I got some big plans. But if you're trying to guess how it ends, just know this. I promise you, there are no zombies in this book or romance. Sorry. <laughs>